0: When you need your work truck to work as hard as you do, trust Delphi Technologies to deliver the parts built for the toughest work environments. From construction sites to long distance hauling, go with the aftermarket supplier known for its 100 plus years of OE heritage and expertise. Go to DelphiAftermarket.com today. Hi there. On July 1st, Canada Day, a lot of Canadians chose to mark the occasion getting together with family, attending community events. But a half a world away, they had a different reason to celebrate on July 1st. In Australia, the Motor Vehicle Information Scheme, their automotive aftermarket right-to-repair law, came into effect. I'm Andrew Ross, host of the podcast. So as Canada's own right-to-repair law works its way through the parliamentary process, yes, it's going to take longer than everybody thought these things do, It seemed the right time to look back into our archives for an interview that I had with Stuart Charity, who heads up the Australian Automotive Aftermarket Association, about how they were effective at getting right-to-repair legislation through their own parliament, and how important the grassroots engagement was to making that happen. Give it a listen. I think there's some guidance there that's useful for us.
1: Hi, I'm Stuart Charity, CEO of the Australian Automotive Aftermarket Association, and this is the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast. Hello
0: everyone, it's your host Andrew Ross. Now, the issue of access to repair information and data is certainly not one that is brand new to the Canadian automotive aftermarket, but it's certainly also not one that is exclusively a domestic issue. Anybody who's been paying any attention at all knows that it has been an ongoing issue in the U.S., but may not be aware of how much of an issue globally it's been. With me today is Stuart Charity. Stuart is the CEO of the Australian Automotive Aftermarket Association, who has uh, just on the ver or they're just on a verge of a very important milestone, a, a big step in access to information. Uh, I'll let him tell the story about uh, how they got there and where they're at. Welcome, Stuart.
1: Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate uh, you having me on the program.
0: Uh, My pleasure. Uh, So, uh, Stuart's uh, joining us from the other side of the world in a morning there and an evening here. But tell our listeners a little bit about where things are at in regard to uh, access to repair information for the independent automotive aftermarket and how you got there.
1: No problem, Sam. Well, we are on the precipice of a a very historic moment for our industry. And I think the industry globally. We currently have a a, a mandatory data sharing law in our parliament. So it's in the the lower house of of our parliament at the moment. Um, And uh, we'll progress over the next couple of months into law in in Australia. So essentially from from 1 July 2022, every car company selling vehicles in Australia will have to share full deal level information with independent repairers on fair and reasonable commercial terms. That's uh, essentially mirrors... Uh, what what's in place in Massachusetts, in the US and and in Europe. So it's um, model year 2002 onwards, uh, all, all information. So it includes uh, everything from technical service bulletins, um, software downloads, uh, security-related information and so on. We will have a, a NASTIF-style uh, industry association, which will be uh, part of the scheme that will monitor a secure data release model and vet and have full traceability on that security-related data, but essentially everything and anything that dealers get, independents get uh, in in real time. And there are ten million-dollar Australian-dollar penalties for, for non-compliance uh, per per company per breach. So um, pretty significant penalties, and an incredible step forward for, for our industry. As I said, sure. in terms sure. of how we got there, it's 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 been a a long ten-year bus journey. Um, With uh, lots of twists and turns along the way, we've we've had obviously changes of government. I think we've worked through uh, seven or eight different ministers. We've had two major um, inquiries from consumer affairs bodies, including our um, Competition and Consumer Commission, which is the uh, the statutory body that that governs um, competition and uh, and choice in in markets. and um, we, we had a voluntary agreement um, and, and now this mandatory scheme. So it, it's been a long journey, but uh, one that um, it has been pretty fulfilling, I think, because we've been able to mobilise the industry behind us.
0: When we were talking just before we went on, you mentioned that this was a really key component, that mobilisation of the industry. Talk a little bit about what, what that was and how important that was in getting to to the stage you're at now.
1: Yeah, well, certainly we... Yeah, we, we'd obviously met with uh, parliaments in, in in Canberra, so we, we'd spent yeah many, many, many weeks in in Canberra talking to to members of Parliament and so on. But um, I think once we got the the, the final A recommendation that that the essentially that the industry wasn't going to be able to work it out itself, and and that consumers were were, were going to be worse off uh, without government intervention, that at that point we knew we were on the on the final stretch, so we we put the call out to, to industry to to mobilise them, but doing it in a very coordinated way. And and, and essentially, what we did was was a, a grassroots campaign at, at, at workshop level. Um, so encouraging uh, workshop businesses all around Australia uh, in, in every uh, electorate to to reach out to their their local members of parliament and, and invite them to, to come and uh, and meet with them in their business and talk to them about the issue, how it impacts on their business from a day-to-day perspective, but also uh, into the future, but also, more importantly, how, how it impacts on their customers, which are constituents of, of the local Member of Parliament. So we've literally hosted hundreds and hundreds of, of um, media, these similar meetings uh, across all sides of politics. Uh, and, and what that did was get us to a point where we were able to, going into the last federal election, we were able to get um, election commitments from both major parties uh, to to, um, uh, to mandate uh, data sharing or to introduce a, a data sharing law. Um, the the government of the day that's in at the moment has has um, uh, fulfilled that that promise. But we spoke to the opposition, um, the shadow minister yesterday, and 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 they've they've basically said that it, it's got our full support. And once it goes up to our Senate, we we also know that the, uh, the crossbench senators. Uh, right across the issue so um right. we're very very confident that it will go through through parliament um without too much um change uh, which would be a great thing. That, that that's obviously really great
0: news for for the aftermarket uh, obviously in Australia but even here to see you know a, a level of of success has got mm-hmm. to be heartening for folks on on this side. Now you also told me that you're, you you know you have a good communication with your uh, uh equivalents uh, you know around the around the world different associations and, and including the automotive industries association of canada you know, when you look right now, you know, we have some, some sort of broad based petitioning going on for access, you know, we're close to 25,000 signatures as, as we record this session. And, you know, there's more work to do. But uh, when you see what's going on and, and hear from your uh, North American counterparts, uh, you know, what do you, what do you see that, that uh, is encouraging? Are there any things that you think that folks in the industry here should really pay attention to and ramp up just to ensure that we don't lose the opportunity?
1: Um, look, it's a, it's a good question. And the first thing I'd say is that we couldn't have done, got where we got without the support of, of our international colleagues. So um, uh, Bill Hanvey and, and Aaron Lowe in, in the Auto Care Association in the US have been absolute fantastic supporters of us, giving us all the information, all the uh, benefits of, of, of their experience and, and so on and, and provided submissions and so on. Uh, we have a really good relationship with, with Jeff Champagne and his uh, team at the AIA in Canada, and, and I'm certainly well aware of uh, your situation there, which I'll talk about in a second, and uh, and also in Europe. And, and we have regular, at the moment, via Zoom conferences, but um, we also have re- regular face-to-face catch-ups of, of all the uh, executives of the aftermarket uh, associations around the world to, to um, help each other on the journey, because um, one of the things that uh, we, we quickly realized was uh, given the car industry or a global industry and they operate, you know, it's the same companies operating in, in, in different markets. So they operate in very similar ways in, in, uh, in different markets. So the, their, their arguments, the way that they try and um, lobby against, data sharing and, and and so on are very similar in in different markets so you can you can get almost a forward warning of of, of how they're going to uh, resist you uh, so that that market intelligence is really important also you know if we had gone to our parliamentarians and said uh, we want to lead we want to lead the world on on mandatory data sharing no one else has ever done it um, it's a, it's a new issue uh, we probably would have got laughed out but the fact that you know there's been you know, progress in in the u s in 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 europe in canada in south africa as well uh and so on really gives us that precedent so it 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 strengthened our argument and um and our scheme is i think it takes the the very best of of the different schemes around the world and has put it all together so uh that's that's really important um in terms of where you are in in canada and and um uh, regular Communication with with JF and and um, I, I know you're in a situation where you're in a voluntary scheme at the moment. Um, as frustrating as that is, that's that's an important step in the process uh, because governments will not um, legislate you know, at a drop of a hat. They they need to um, get to a point where they they believe that there's no other alternative but to intervene in the market. You know, most Governments around the world uh, uh, only intervene at, 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 as a last resort, so uh, it is an important step. It's a frustrating step. We had a voluntary agreement uh, in, in place in Australia. We knew it wasn't going to work, but we we had to go through the process. The important thing is is um, to to move forward. You need to do two things. One is you you need to prove categorically that the voluntary scheme uh, isn't isn't working and, and will never work, uh, and that's about getting intel from from the industry to prove to the regulators and to, to government that um, it's not, um, that it's not solving the problem right. um, sure. and the second thing, and i can't stress enough, I think um, petitions and, and signatures are really important they're a really important demonstration of the, the level of awareness and, and concern amongst the industry, but as i said I, I think this the, the grassroots support at a workshop level and and I would encourage. Uh, the Canadian industry to follow the lead that, that we set and have a, a campaign and, and and really build awareness um you know parliamentarians it's interesting you know you think oh, they they're busy people and you know they're they're uh, busy making laws and, and and they've got a lot on their plate but they they actually enjoy getting out and, and meeting local businesses mm-hmm. and in their uh, constituency and, and um, hearing about uh, issues and if you do that on a on a large enough scale, you will get that. That awareness of, of, amongst the, the parliamentarians uh, that, that this is an issue, and the the beauty of this issue is it's it's yes, it is a industry versus industry issue, um, um, but at the heart of it, it's a it's a consumer rights issue. Right. You, know, if you own the car, you you should be able to choose who repairs and services that vehicle, and and there shouldn't be any impediments to that. Uh, and, and your repairer of choice should be able to access all the information they need to. Um, safely and efficiently service that vehicle. It's as simple as that. And and car ownership is a big part of any household budget and an issue that should be of concern to, to parliamentarians. So um, so we ran. We actually broke the mould a little bit and, and didn't run with the right to repair sort of tag because we felt that was more about our, our right to be in business. Um, so we, we we ran with the choice of repairer tag. So, tag, so it's about, yeah, consumer. At the heart, it's a consumer campaign.
0: We'll be right back after this. Did you know that Delphi Technologies is the only OE full-line fuel supplier? Go with the global aftermarket supplier with over 3,200 SKUs covering more than 280 million vehicles in operation and with parts tested in OE durability and reliability conditions to ensure a quality fit and performance. Learn more at DelphiAftermarket.com. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, there's a kind of a subtle difference, but it's looking at the other side of the kind of coin on on that yes. one It's uh, something certainly within the messaging, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, generally around it, even though, you know, often from, you know, kind of our side of the desk, we're the automotive aftermarket. So we're talking about the consumers, but we're still from the perspective, we're still in the business. Yes. But to engage the consumer, uh, you know, to, to at least to have them be central to the issue is is critically important. Wouldn't you agree?
1: I agree, yes. And it's the consumers, but, but also the consumer organizations. So we're able to engage the, um, the AAA, Australian Automobile Association, which are the roadside service and, and car clubs. Um, we we're able to get a number of consumer rights uh, and advocacy organizations involved and, and behind it as well. So. That really helps because at the end of the day, consumers need votes for for parliamentarians as well. Um, So, uh, you know, if enough consumers and consumer groups are are, um, concerned about it, then again, that's another another trigger for, for government to act.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. we you know, the research I've seen shows there's a at, at best some confusion about uh, the current situation from a consumer standpoint and who has the data and access to the data and actually what constitutes repair data there, mm-hmm. you know, as, as I'm sure you're aware, you know, uh, surrounding the the uh, recent Massachusetts voted on a man, a mandate, you know, there was all kinds of fear tactics from the automakers about what's sort of a, by implication that this was you know going to be private data that that was going to put you at risk, uh, you know, as a as a person, which is of course not the truth, um, but it still plays into that that fear, right, and and that that lack of awareness on the consumers' basis about what exactly. We're, we're actually talking about
1: here that's right that's right um and that i was talking about yeah, getting intel into the, the tactics that the car industry use and and fear doubt and uncertainty is, is is number one on 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 their list of uh um, tactics so yeah yeah they'll just keep running i mean that that campaign in, in the u.s was, was crazy Yeah, uh, i mean the, the situation here is that you're not getting uh, personal data to break into someone's house. Uh, you, right. you, you're basically getting fault codes and and um, and other information to be able to um, accurately and and safely re- repair and service vehicles. I will say with with our uh, legislation at, at the moment, um, data transmitted wirelessly while the vehicle's in motion is not included. It's not fair and service data. Uh, but if an OEM moves across to uh, wireless transfer of, of repair and service data um, Then, then independents and dealers are getting it that way. Then the independent repairer will get it that way while the, while the okay. vehicle's in the, in the shop. Um, okay. Look, yeah, we've, we've had the security argument, cyber security, and also uh, security of, of drivers, uh, privacy. The, the fact that the car industry are wirelessly transmitting data from vehicles and collecting that data at the moment, not telling consumers doesn't seem to matter, but they're now worried about privacy. Um, they're worried about uh, um, repairers yeah. not being able you know, uh, injuring themselves because they're not trained, and uh, and so on. We we get all of these arguments. Their, their latest one, when the when the legislation was introduced, was that there's going to be a red tape nightmare, and and that every every car company would have to vet every ind- individual repairer, and they'd have to apply to each individual OEM, which is just rubbish. because right. um, We we ha- we are establishing a anaster. So Body, the, the car industry have a seat on the board of that, uh, that organisation and, and um, one of its key roles is to centralise that vetting process and we're actually even talking to, to NASA about licensing their, their system to, to be able to run, run it in Australia. So, um, yeah, we, we've heard all, all the arguments. In fact, you know, we, we joke that they've got a wheel that they just spin uh, to <laughs> see uh, which argument they're going to run on, on any particular day.
0: Yeah, many years ago, I remember I was in, uh, you know, this is uh, many years, probably uh, 20 years or more ago, I I heard the argument, uh, I was in Europe at the time at one of the events there, and I heard the argument from uh, General Motors, the reason that they didn't want to release the information and the, the, the repair data is they were so embarrassed at how messy their computer code was that they just didn't want to tell people how, look to see how bad it was, and I was like, come on you know wow this is really it's because you'll be embarrassed i mean <laughs> yes you know oh
1: uh, uh, well yeah I, I haven't heard that one but i know toyota were resisting um uh, TFP, technical service bulletins in australia because there were so many of them and, and they have a reputation as being you know high quality and un- unbreakable um vehicles uh, and um so that they they were concerned that getting letting the extent of their technical issues out into the public arena would, would uh, cause reputational damage. So, yeah, interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, as you say, you know, it's it's worth a try. And you know, uh, you know, they're they're trying to kind of protect their turf, but but the consumer in the end would lose, right? So, I mean, that's really where it brings brings home what the central kind of goal here is: is to make sure that the consumer has has the choice, right? Mm-hmm.
1: That's right, and and as vehicles become more um, technically complex, the the level of the information access that you need uh, uh, grows, as we know. And and um, uh, yeah, this argument that that yeah, if you if you give repairers uh, access to information and tools and, and equipment they need to work on these modern vehicles, uh, that that somehow um, will endanger the the technician and or the the, the car owner is is complete nonsense. Um, you know, I. I i like it to you know trying to um get fly a plane without the instrument panel on
0: yeah which is more dangerous to have a, 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 <laughs> you know a pilot without the information in front of him or one who yeah. has with the information in front of him I yeah i right. think everybody can yeah. do the math on that right
1: that's right um so uh yeah it's it's just providing a you know, a level playing field so and you know, we all know that there, there are there are absolutely fantastic technicians in, in the aftermarket. Um, yeah, many of them do overflow work from, from um, dealerships or, or more complex uh, um, yeah, technical troubleshooting and, and that sort of thing. So, I mean, training is not an issue. Yes, the, the, the industry globally has to, to lift in terms of its level of uh, competency and working with these new technologies and, and equipment and so on. But know, um, yeah, that's a that's a challenge that, that we as an industry, I think, are, are, are more than up for. Um, but we need that information. Um, the Important thing too is that our, our uh, legislation also mandates that uh, registered training organisations get that information as well. So the training, the training will evolve uh, to, to, um, to meet the needs of the industry as well. So um, yeah, look, we, we've had we've had all the all the furfies and, and and red herrings, um, and now's now's the time to to put all that aside and, and, and get on with um, making sure the scheme works and. Uh, delivers uh, what it needs to 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 um, provide that platform for a sustainable industry moving forward
0: great well it sounds like you've got a lot of the pieces in place and uh, you know a few more things to to kind of uh, fall into their slots over the next couple of months but in a really good good place I mm-hmm. I I, uh, I think you know the message that I'm getting for for our uh, Constituency here for our, our shops here mostly, is is to really uh, mobilize. You know, pick up the phone, uh, call your local uh, elected officials, and and make sure that you you make those overtures right to to really so mm-hmm. that you know don't leave it to chance right. Like really get, get yeah, that's right.
1: And get behind your industry associations and and um, you know, follow their their lead because uh, um, yeah, uh, numbers numbers matter right? and um, yeah, it's a, the squeaky wheel. Uh, those who make the most noise uh get the get the most attention so um uh, don't think that just because you know this might be a a, a difficult issue don't that's you know, uh not a reason for for not doing it it's, it's essential and um uh, everyone makes a difference and and it's amazing you know how many the sort of key points along the way where where workshops they're there are uh, their intervention and their their um, action has has uh, created um, opportunities for us. So um, it, it's really important that this is a kind of defining moment. I think for for industries to to really band together and 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 um and work on um, uh, collectively making change.
0: Oh, that's great. I mean, it's a, it's always good to hear success stories. Uh, if anybody needs a good reason to keep on keeping on for the next while, and and you know, this is one of them. Stuart, thank you so much for joining me here for our Canadian uh, shops and for everybody else in the industry. It can get done. You know, we got to keep on with it. Nice, core, strong, coordinated approach, lots of mobilization at the grassroots. Give this the best chance of, of succeeding, uh, you know, giving the consumers that uh, something that really can entrench their right to choose for, for now and, and down the road good stuff all right thank you very much uh, everyone for joining us this is the uh, great canadian aftermarket podcast big shout out to hannah who puts this together for us everybody be safe be strong stay on board with things and don't forget to sign those petitions take care everybody you're listening to the great canadian Brought to you by the publishers of Indie Garage and Jobber Nation. Connect with us online at indiegarage.ca and jobbernation.ca. A brand of chat-integrated media. Pothole damage to a vehicle's chassis is always a concern, no matter the size or time of year. If the worst does happen, you can count on Delphi technology, steering and suspension parts to get your customers back on the road again. Learn more at delphiaftermarket.com.